Exercising demons, emotional sound bites, and a dreaded phrase strikes the predators again. Those are all topics on today's plus minus on Monday's Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week in, week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penley Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Also want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. It is Monday, Ann, which means it's time for Plus Minus. Yes. This is where we go through the past week of Predators hockey, give pluses to things we want to highlight, good things uh, we want to bring to attention, give shout outs to, and minuses to things that eh, maybe we need to, uh, you know, address. Improvement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We say that lovingly. We say yeah. our minuses with love, but we mean them. Yeah. So uh, certainly an interesting past few games for the Nashville Predators. So this should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> Anne, would you like to lead us off with a plus from the past week of Preds hockey? Okay, I'm going to go with the most obvious plus for the okay. week. And and this is a topic that that I have said we could do a week's worth of shows on and I would be very content in, in filling all of the time. But I want to give the first and fattest plus to Ryan O'Reilly. Because Ryan O'Reilly, my friends, is exactly who Barry Trotz said he was. And yeah. I think that is... So huge because you know when a GM signs a guy to a fat contract and everybody in the league goes, mm, he's old or he's probably missed a step. You're not getting the same guy that won the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup. Barry Trotz was like, no, this is my guy. This is the guy. And friends, Ryan O'Reilly is the guy. He is exactly who Barry Trotz said he was. Um, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Like this is a guy who on the ice it's really making players around him better. And that's something that you and I, Nick, have talked about. Like the Nashville Predators need the, the guy, they need the player who is good, but who also makes his line mates better, who makes players around him better. And they found that, I think, in Ryan O'Reilly. But he also, I've decided, is a thermostat because he really sets a temperature in the locker room. He doesn't reflect a temperature in the locker room. He really helps set a temperature. And I think when you've got Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan McDonald, and Roman Yossi leading your team. That's your leadership group. And then you've also got, you know, UC Saros. You've got Colton Sissons, who's been a predator since birth. You know, mm -hmm. you really have um, a great leadership group. So for me, Ryan O'Reilly, like Barry Trotz said, good offensively, good defensively, good 200-foot game, good with little details of his game. You know, first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice, and changes players around him. We've gotten all of that from Ryan O'Reilly. So big fat 
juicy dripping with barbecue sauce plus to Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, he's a thermostat, which means there's at least one Predators player and his wife fighting over him. <laughs> that um, is so true. That is here's so the true. thing. Fun thing about Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, he had one multi-goal game all of last season. Really? All of last season. It was a hat trick, but it was his only multi-goal game. He's now had two of those in the past week for yeah. the Nashville Predators. Uh, he's got seven goals, which is now the team lead for the Nashville Predators. Yeah. One point behind Philip Forsberg for team lead in points. As it stands now, at his current pace, and that would be career highs. He's on pace for career highs in both categories. Now, if I'm a betting man, am I going to tell you to run to FanDuel and put money on Ryan O'Reilly, you know, keeping it up and breaking his career highs in both categories? Probably not. But yeah. as you mentioned, the Nashville Predators are getting exactly what they need from Ryan O'Reilly, which is that hot scoring right out of the gate. We talked yes. about there's question marks with guys like, you know, Luke Evangelista, Tommy Novak, Yuso Parsonen, that there's, you know, they're we we need kind of support for them. So it's not all just, hey, uh, Luke Evangelista, I know you're still getting your FIFA. Will we really need a 40-goal season from you? Right. The fact that Ryan O'Reilly is coming in this hot right out of the gate, and he's able to take some of the pressure off of those younger guys, some of the depth guys, yeah. that's helping the Nashville Predators because they can just kind of develop and be put in situations where they're going to play their best hockey. And Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg, we should mention, uh, have really been stepping up and carrying that scoring burden. And that's helping the team all around. Yeah. And I love what you're saying because we can appreciate Ryan O'Reilly for his hat trick, you know, against Edmonton, because that just feels real, real good. I mean, we're, we are petty like that here at lockdown, but also what Ryan O'Reilly does for this team is going to make a difference two seasons from now. I, I love what you said about that because he is taking the burden off of this fully focused youth reset that everybody, you know, and when he's, you know, when Trot signed O'Reilly, everybody was like, what are you doing? We're in a youth movement and no offense, but 32 is not young, which that's a podcast for another day, but it really has made a difference. Like two years from now, you are going to have more from Evangelista, Parson and Novak than what you could have maybe gotten if you would have rushed them, put all of the pressure scoring responsibility on them. So Ryan O'Reilly, one of the best long-term investments I've seen in a long time. Love yeah. this guy. Love this guy. I'm going to stick right there on the Edmonton Oilers game, Anne, and I'm giving my first plus to exercising demons. A nice good old-fashioned exorcism for the week after Halloween. Yeah. Because that's what that game against the Edmonton Oilers felt like. Look, how many times over the past three seasons have we talked about the Oilers-Predators game just being an absolute clown show? Yes. Where it's just, you know, it seems like Leon Dreisaitl having four points in the game is just kind of a write-off. That's just you know, what Conor happened. McDavid does something that embarrasses the Preds, you know, defense. Yeah. And it's just it's just a game that's never close. Hell, even their first game that they played earlier this year was in that category. It was just yeah. kind of an embarrassing loss. UC Soros got pulled. Yeah. Uh, and so for the Predators to go up to Edmonton, and not only win, but win big. Win in a fashion we're kind of used to seeing the Predators lose to Edmonton. This wasn't just, you know, Kevin Lincoln and got hot in goal or, you know, 
Like they, the Preds survived a late onslaught and, you know, kind of eked out a win. The Predators went out there and played the way the Oilers have played against the Predators in the past. And to me, as a team, that felt like a big point. Yes. Is that, look, the Nashville Predators, there's still a long ways to go. And there's a lot to clean up with this team to make them, quote unquote, a contender. But you're starting to see them play like the teams everybody wants to see them play like. Yeah. And I think that was a big takeaway from that game. Not just how, not just them beating the Edmonton Oilers, but beating the Edmonton Oilers in a way the Oilers would beat the Nashville Predators. Yeah, it was a do unto them as they have done unto us. You know, Barry Trotz talks about, I don't want players to come to Nashville to retire, but we all know Leon Dreisaitl is going to because he owns Nashville, y'all. He has owned Nashville. But in this game, the Nashville Predators kept McDavid and Dreisaitl to one secondary assist between the two of them, no other points. And it, I agree with you. This is a huge game because these are the teams that you want to be able to compete against if you want to become more and more competitive. They're a measuring stick team. Now, did we see the best Edmonton Oilers performance? We're going we're gonna to dive into that question in, in just a minute. But the Nashville Predators have to beat teams like Edmonton and to do it in the way they did. Like you said, this wasn't just a we survived. This yeah. was a we outplayed this team. And we won huge plus for the Nashville Predators. And it does just on some sort of hockey spiritual level feel really, really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Really good, y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Getting getting that win over the Oilers uh, felt big for a number of reasons. Uh, and not all sunshine and rainbows for the Nashville Predators. There are some minuses, including a concerning injury and a dreaded phrase that's now hit the Nashville Predators three times this season. That's coming up in just one second. First, though, I want to mention today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Uh, let's face it. If you're like me, you love going to sporting events, concerts, comedy shows. And if you're like me you think buying tickets to those things suck. There's always that question about whether you're getting the best deal. There's all these ticket prices on different apps that are different. You can't tell where your seat is. It's super stressful. That's why I started using Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Make sure you're not sitting behind a column or a pillar or have some sort of weird view. And they have all-in prices that show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps on your phone. Game time always has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour or so after it starts. So it's the best place to find last minute seats and they have exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and of course, hockey. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Ann, it's not all happiness in the Nashville predators uniforms. We have a minus to get to, and it is the phrase lower body oh. injury. 
three worst words in hockey. Because it's now happened three times this season for the Nashville Predators. Luke Shen, uh, of course, has missed, been on the shelf since the NHL opening weekend. Still expected to miss a couple of weeks. Cody Glass, uh, that's what he's been dealing with. And now Ryan McDonough missed the Oilers game on yeah. uh, Saturday due to a what is I guess being called a day-to-day lower body injury uh so maybe some positive news that he'll be back sooner rather than later but uh couldn't have come at a worse time and because as we talked about last week this Preds defense has been one of the best in the league and McDonough's shutdown prowess is a big part in that yeah, and if you think about where is one area where the Nashville Predators really want to see improvement, it's on the penalty kill. Who do you want out on the penalty kill? You want Ryan McDonough. Unfortunately, the penalty kill, I think I'd have to go back and watch maybe where he got injured. Because if you remember in the game uh, prior to Edmonton, he took a shot in the lower body, really struggled to get off the ice, did come out and play again, which... I don't know how these guys do this some of the time, but uh, very hard to see Ryan McDonough not not on the ice because, you know, again, this is one of those players where you look at hockey age and you think, well, and I'm telling you, Ryan McDonough, so important. I talked with Alexander Carrier about partnering with him because like you said, this defense without Shen has had to pivot from, I think what Andrew Brunette wanted to do defensively Mm -hmm. and McDonough and Carrier are together. And just the way that they're working together, the things that Alexander Carrier is learning as he partners with McDonough uh, has really been interesting to watch. So this is not a player that you want off the ice. He took warmups in Edmonton and met with the trainers during warmups and was like, yeah, mm -mm, I can't go. So hopefully, like you said, this is day to day. Now I will say Cody Glass was also day to day to begin with. And that is one of my minuses. We still have not seen Cody Glass back. And you know how I worry, as I like to say, you know how I worry. A little bit concerned, not just about how the injury and recovery is, although, you know, that's my top concern, but also what's going to happen when Cody Glass comes back in the lineup, because he and Gus Nyquist have really been building some chemistry. They've been working on making that kind of the foundation of this second line. Now Gus Nyquist is chawing along quite nicely with Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg. So what happens to these forward lines when Cody Glass comes back in. And I don't want to see Glass take a step back. I think Nyquist was really good working with him. So that for me is a minus. I don't understand kind of what's going to happen. And I'm a little bit concerned because I feel like, look, Cody Glass just on the cusp of absolutely being the guy, I think, uh, the the future guy for the Predators and to see him injured. And then now what's going to happen when he comes back? Y'all, it's a lot of stress. Well, it's also that, and also who's going to be the person out of the lineup, because there are some notable names uh, who have sort of been rotating in and out. Uh, Yusuf Parson is the number four center. We mentioned he's been playing better, like, over the past couple games. Like, he's been playing better. Mm -hmm. Uh, His ice time has kind of gone back to where it was at the start of the year. Um, Phil Tomasino has not been playing better. Um, and you know, to an extent, Sammy Vagimo hasn't really had the impact that I think the Predators were sort of expecting him to. So, um, somebody notable is going to be shuffled out of this lineup. And, yeah. and I know there's a lot of people that's like, oh, you can just wave Michael McCarron. 
that's no. maybe, that's maybe the way you might go. But then you're you're facing a situation where either Tomasino or Fergimo, somebody that you're gonna want to have minutes, is going to be a perennial healthy scratch. So right. that's that's gonna be an interesting thing when Glass comes back. Yeah, I think there's a lot to sort out. And, you know, it's kind of hard for us because we don't we're not seeing practices. We're not hearing from the coach right now when they're on the road trip. So it's very hard to kind of figure out where does Andrew Burnett see this? How is he evaluating these players? What is he you know, seeing from Phil Tomasino on the ice and Sammy Fagimo? And, and, you know, what more does he want to see from them? So I agree with you. I think this there's going to be an interesting uh, powwow, I think some interesting decisions that have to be made with the Nashville Predators when Cody Glass comes back, not just for him and his line, but what do you do with Phil Tomasino? I'm not a fan of waving Michael McCarron. That's just yeah. me. So good luck to whoever's job that is. Not us. Not us. We it. just tell you what happens. Yeah. Uh, and give us one more minus. One more minus. Well, you know what? I was just going to talk about this, the fourth line. So the fourth line, Foodie, Tomasino, and Yuso Parson. And like I said, I agree. Parson playing fairly well. I'm mm -hmm. worried about Phil Tomasino and, and because I wonder how much is the process of developing him how is that affecting him as far as confidence? So for me, this is a concern. This is this is a, a minus. Look, he's putting in the work in practice. You know, he actually outlasted Ryan O'Reilly on the ice several times at practice. And, you know, he's putting in the work. I think Andrew Brunette's very clear about what he wants from him. But you have to wonder, especially with a young player, what does this whole process do to your confidence? And how do you kind of balance your ability to learn these new skills to show what you've got with feeling like, hey, I've been a healthy scratch. So mm -hmm. for me, that whole fourth line, the Fagimo, the Foodie, the Tomasino, what is their process like and how are they going to bounce back from kind of a very up and down trajectory the start of the season? It's it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, you kind of want to balance, hey, let's make sure we have time versus, hey, this is also the season and we kind of need the best player to help us out with our, you know, right goal right near. Um, that's and that's kind of a, the the pickle that Andrew Burnett is in because look, you, it, ideally you would just take the reins off of Tomasino and be like, all right, we're there's nothing going on this season anyway. You know, let's struggle through it. But right. on the other hand, and that can sort of be detrimental to a player too, because if you're just out there making mistake after mistake after every game, that's going to wreck your confidence yeah. a little bit. I mean, we kind of seen it with the San Jose Sharks right now. They're just like, right. Hey, we're going to, we're going to have some veterans and then we're just going to, you know, kind of take the reins off our young players and see how it goes. Um, I don't know if you've seen the scoreboard, but it's not Less. going well. Back to back 10 goals allowed in the game. Everybody um, say a nice thing to our friend J.D. Young, who covers oh, no, J.D. Young wanted the tank. He deserved <laughs> he, he got what was coming to him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's hard to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, like, this is, this is kind of the conundrum. It's like, how do you balance making sure he's got playing time to prove himself, but also, like, you know, and make sure he has confidence where he's not just screwing yeah. up every time he's on the ice. And that's, that's, and it's not just Tomasino either, but no, you know, it's Fagimo is, yeah. is kind of in that same boat. Right. So 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting balance to see. And again, uh, if Cody Glass comes back from injury soon, that is a discussion that somebody on the Predators is going to have to make. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful to have him back, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Andrew Burnett shifts this roster when that happens. I think it's something to keep an eye on because it's going to be tough for somebody. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, Nick and I never want to end on a minus. So coming up, we're going to wrap up our plus minus this week with some pluses from the week, milestones, and a really sweet moment with a new Nashville Predator. We're going to talk about that in just one minute. But first, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks if if your team wins. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, if you're feeling real confident, you can place a bet on the winner of this season's Hart Trophy. Prince fans will probably not be surprised to learn that Elias Pettersson is at plus 1,300 in that group. You can also create a goal scorer parlay with their anytime goal scorer parlay builder. If you are feeling good about the directions the Preds are headed and you think they may be a playoff team, go ahead and place your wager on that. Be confident. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Dan, we can't end on a minus. So let's end the show with a couple of pluses. And who are you giving a plus to? I am giving such a big plus to Mark Del Geizo. Mark yes. Del Geizo called up to join the team on the Western Conference road trip. This was a player who didn't get called up last season and came into training camp and made absolutely no bones about the fact that he was like, no, I'm here to show you that you made a mistake not calling me up. And he did that. Great training camp, great preseason. Started in Milwaukee, called up to join them on this Western Conference road trip with Luke Shen out and made his NHL debut, ladies and gentlemen, against the Edmonton Oilers, which, you know, hey, defenseman, would you like to join the NHL and play against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah. Surprise! Surprise! You know, like, we're not going to ease you into this. Let's just throw you into the fire. Mark Del Geizo was such a, such a delight to watch for two reasons, what he did do and what he didn't do on the ice. Mark Del Geizo came in, played calm, played smart defense. The moment was not too big for him. He had some fantastic defensive plays, had his first NHL point on Philip Forsberg as an assist on Philip Forsberg's wraparound goal. But what he didn't do is it, is as impressive to me because I think sometimes coming into these situations, you can try to do more than you should. You you can try to play differently than your game. And Mark Del Geizo came in and he played Mark Del Geizo defense, which is exactly what the Predators needed from him. And he did it so well. So, so want to give a shout out to him. First of all, love the milestone. It's so exciting to see, you know, a young player make their way into the league. It is not easy, y'all. It is so hard to make this league. Um, but also how well he performed in a situation where he's defending against Connor McDavid. Way to go, Mark. 
Yeah, two things. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only did he come into the game, but he came into the game and played really well. Yes. Uh, just under 19 minutes. Of course, he was with Tyson Berry, who's a good kind of partner to have in that situation. Uh, and this wasn't, okay, we'll just kind of spot use you when we can. Like, he was out there and, and yeah. skating toe-to-toe with some of Oilers' best players. Like, he was out there a couple times with McDavid. He was out yeah. there a couple times with Dreisaitl. Uh, so credit to him for coming in and not being lost in the moment. Yeah. Also credit to him for just kind of his path getting here. We yeah. talked about it. There's a lot of people uh, kind of, you know, when Mark Del Geizo was like the last call up um, or, or I'm sorry, like the last person to go down to Milwaukee before the season started. A lot of people are like, wait, this guy, like where, where's Spencer Stastny? Where's, where's Jake right. Livingstone? Like, like two guys that we saw last year. We talked about it before about Del Gaizo having that chip on his shoulder that he wasn't called up uh, oh, yeah. to at the end of last year and how he kind of used it as motivation to sort of revamp his game this offseason. He spent a lot of time working with Mark Borowiecki, uh, a couple others to really get his game back on track. He wound up being, uh, among a lot of returning Preds, maybe one of the more improved players on the team. Mm-hmm. Heading into camp, and I love the sound bites after the game, and uh, where he teared up talking about you know his family staying by him, um, kind of just how thankful he was to kind of get a shot in the NHL. Clips like that, look, and we live in a in a day and an age where you know prospect rankings are a big thing, and you know social media certainly has strong opinions about who should be playing, who should not be. Um, like upside of different players. I think we sometimes forget that these are just people, regular human beings chasing their dream job. And for them to finally get to the Pantheon, the NHL, uh, a place where only a minuscule population in the world is going to get to play at some point in their lives. That's something worth celebrating. And those are stories that I think we should celebrate. We should celebrate more. Uh, stuff like that. Somebody like Cole Smith, who's, you know, battles through kind of obscurity. You know, we should celebrate when somebody like Michael McCarron goes from first round bust to AHL journeyman to now a regular NHL player. I, I know that that's, you know, not as sexy as, you know, a star prospect or star 20 year old tearing things up, but I still think those are stories worth celebrating. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think the trajectory to get to the NHL, it is so difficult. It is so difficult. You have insanely talented players who, you know, from circumstance to injury to timing may have a really hard time making the NHL. So when you see somebody do it, um, it's wonderful. And a shout out to his family. He teared up talking about, you know, his family couldn't get to Edmonton for the game. But he talked about, you know, they were really with me. I love the acknowledgement that, you know what, it takes a village. It takes a village to help somebody achieve this dream. So shout out to Mark Delgaizo and frankly, shout out to his family for the years and years of driving to practices and sacrifices and smelly hockey gear. Mm. You know, just it's fantastic to see them all get to celebrate this. Yeah, for sure. And again, played really, really well. And yeah. hey, if, if he's playing well enough to, to be in the NHL, it's good for the Preds because, hey, right. there's still Spencer Stassi back there. There's still Jake Livingstone. 
Uh, there's still Tanner Molendyke, who you just drafted. So, hey, any chance that you have to get some NHL quality defensemen just out of nowhere? Yep. Just ask Alexander Carrier. Yeah, if you're in the Nashville Predators, absolutely take that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hope hope Ryan McDonough's injury is not too serious, but it's good to see that the Predators uh, have some depth that they can rely on. Yeah, so uh, Nashville Predators have a busy week ahead yeah. still. They're still yeah. trekking along on that road trip. Uh, they got Calgary tomorrow night in Winnipeg, Arizona uh, later this week. So we will be back tomorrow with a look at the week ahead plus a preview of tomorrow's Calgary Flames game. Boy, that is that is a bad, bad hockey team. It's tomorrow which, which means I'm sure the game is going to be much harder than we anticipate, too. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter X, whatever, at K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at Penalty Box Radio or on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on X at LO underscore Predators or on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Locked on Predators. And please subscribe however you're listening to us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or streaming on your favorite podcasting platform. Hit that subscribe button. It helps us out and lets you know when we have new content for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Back with a new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.